0: Koinonia is known uh, in different circles and groups across Canada. Uh, We're a part of Open Bible Faith Fellowship. It's where we as leaders have our credentials, and and there's a network of pastors and leaders across Canada that recognize Koinonia as a part of them as a family. Koinonia is known throughout ARC Connections, which is Association of Related Churches, which is a church planting movement. And you might initially think we're 36 years old. Why do we need to be about church planting? (laughs) Well, because we believe that there's still more people who don't know about Jesus. And so we as a church invest financially, we invest time, our staff and rest back into that mission and calling to plant churches so people can hear about the love of God. And so as we come together to look at Koinonia... We can look at ourselves at 36 and start to settle into a groove. You know what I mean? If you are turning 36 or in the 30s year, you're like, yeah, you kind of hit your your momentum, your pace now, right? And you've got kind of figuring life out and and you feel maybe a little comfortable. Well, that can easily happen to us as a church. We can easily feel this groove and look at the size of the people who come here and, oh, it could basically just run itself. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. I've discovered it doesn't work that way. There's no autopilot either. The unique thing is Koinonia isn't an entity unto itself. Koinonia is us. We are Koinonia. We are the church. So if we stop helping, serving, being involved, it will cease and stop being involved. We are the church together. And I want to bring clarity to something about Koinonia that Jesus did in a similar way. He did it about the Sabbath, the Shabbat. He brought some clarity to the Sabbath when he said that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was made so that we would rest. God created, made creation in six days, and then he stopped on the Sabbath and rested. He taught us how to rest. When it comes to Koinonia, I want you to know Koinonia was made for man not man for Koinonia. Koinonia wasn't created to be this entity that we just have to keep feeding and serving and putting things on to make sure the lights stay on and the doors stay open. No. Koinonia was created so that we could be a part of it. We, God, called us, drew us together, and we became Koinonia. God put his heart and DNA in our founding pastors, the vision that they had, Pastor Stephen Bath, and it was all about relationships. And he called us then to be the church gathering together. Be the body of Christ gathered together. So what is the purpose of us, Koinonia, as a church? Well, you could go to our website, kcf.life. Maybe you've already gone there to check out events and, and things that are happening. And each time you go there, you see our mission right there stated. We're about building relationships with God. With one another, and with the world. God created us to connect, and it's neat that that one comes up, connect with us. You can scroll through the website and find lots of different landing spots. But God called us into relationship to connect together as a church body. But sometimes we can get in the routine and the coming and going here in this facility and on Sundays or whenever you come, and it could just become something you take for granted. Well, if you go to kcf.org... As you're exploring and want to learn more about who we are as a church, this is a video that you'll see. Look to the side screens, and this tells us about koinonia.
1: This is the word koinonia. It's a Greek word, and it represents friendship, partnership, sharing life, that sharing of life, That is what church is all about. Church is not just about formal gatherings or about religious activity. For us at Koinonia, church is about family, sharing life with others, exploring the mystery of the gospel deeper together and reaching out to the world around us with God's love. We aren't perfect, nor think we need to be. Because God has so graciously invited us all into His family just the way we are, we choose to treat others the same. We're all in this together.
0: Years ago, even before we started to attend Koinonia as a family, we were drawn to the community and the culture that built this church. Now that we have stepped into leadership, we want to continue to take that foundation that was established over 35 years and see a church built that points people to the love of Jesus. Family is so important here at Koinonia. We want you and your family to find a safe place to be yourselves. And we also want you as an individual to find family here. Because we believe that in family, In relationship with one another, we're able to experience the grace, the joy, and the peace that God has promised to us. Regardless of where you come from, your past, your background, we want you to know that Koinonia is a safe place for you to discover the person of Jesus and his incredible love for you. We're all on this journey together and we all have a lot to learn. And together, we can accomplish so much more than we ever could on our own.
1: Here at Koinonia, our desire is to have real and authentic relationships, to really know others and to be really known. We believe that in that family, in that community, we experience God. Hearts are healed, families are strengthened, and we discover a new way to love. Not just an ordinary love, but a love that changes us and changes the world around us. So come and discover with us the transforming love of God we can't wait to meet you.
0: I don't know if you had seen that video before or not, but you can find it on kcf.org, and it is tells a bit more about who we are, does it? accurately reflect who you sense koinonia is? Does it reveal what we sense God's put in our heart that comes from his heart? Because we are the ones who make it that. We are the ones who reveal that. Uh, as we look at koinonia, it is a family. We are a church body, a family together. And I want you to know, koinonia didn't just begin with a big bang. I hope that's not a surprise to you. God revealed a vision on his heart. He put it inside of leaders and a, and a group of people that came together and said, yes, we can believe for this in Waterloo Region. As Anastasia said in the, in the video, we want to be and we seek to be real and authentic in relationship. There was no word perfect in there, was there? We're not, we're not claiming we're perfect people doing this. We're claiming we're real people. We're human beings coming to seek after the heart of God. And when we really get to know others and are really known, then we invite the presence of God. God comes in that unity, that time of unity together, and we will begin to experience his love in a whole new way. A transforming love from God that not only can transform our hearts and lives, but can transform the the world that we do life with. We summarized in the video, it said church is friendship. Church is generations. Church is learning. Church is reaching out. Church is community. Church is connection. Church is family. That's what we believe God's called and created us to be. But as I say, you and I get to walk that out. To embrace it and and to be the, the real hands and feet of the church being all those things. If we are about other things, if we are about gossiping, Or if we're about lying, then people are going to see that that's what the church is about. Because we're reflecting what the church is about. And so that's why we need to be about God's heart. You and I need to carry the heart of God so people can see God's heart. You and I, we need to carry the heart of God so people can see God's heart. Let me bring us back to serving that Rebecca and I started this time with, because I wanted to highlight something here in the context of our birthday, in the context of the purpose of Koinonia, in the in the focus of serving, if you are serving anywhere, serving out of religious duty, then you're not fulfilling God's purpose for the church. If you feel it's a religious duty to serve, then you're not fulfilling God's purpose, if you think you're trying, and you're serving, you're trying to get closer to God, you're actually um, going farther from God. If you think, oh, if, if I just mop more floors, if I just spend more time, if I serve, you know, three nights of the week at the church, then surely God's going to draw me closer. <laughs> our heart's in the wrong place. When we discover the heart of God, then he will draw us closer in our serve. If you are serving to meet the expectation of a spiritual leader, is I hope the leaders can see what I'm doing. I hope they know how much time I've put in. I hope the church leaders can tell how hard I've worked. If that's the motivation for you, you to serve, then you're actually serving to please man or woman rather than to please God. We can so easily get off on our serve. And the enemy would love to do nothing more than tempt us into serving for the wrong reasons. You and I, wherever we serve, should be to fulfill the purpose of loving people so they can see Jesus. Wherever we serve, whatever we do, is to love people so they can serve Jesus. There's no other greater motive behind it. So whether you're plugging in here at Koinonia as an usher... Or maybe as a teacher with Koinonia Kids or launch class. Or you're serving in parking or in the cafe or whatever it is. Those locations and spots should be a spot for you to to respond with worship so that people can see the love of Jesus. Let me give you a little illustration here. Because I think most of you might have passed by somebody serving in the parking lot this morning. And so those parking lot attendants, if they're serving and they, you know, they wave their wands and they give you the direction to find the best spot, and, and if they're doing it because they want to say, hey, get a load of me and how good I could park your car, and, and as, the, as you get out of your car and you say, well, thank you very much, and you said, hey, no problem at all, I'm the best Koinonia has, <laughs> then they're doing it for the wrong motive, right? We kind of all catch on to that. But picture as you come in contact with, whether it's our parking attendants, whether it's those who greet you as you come in the door, whether it's a host who helps you figure out where to go, or, or an usher who, who brings you to find the right seat, if they responded when you said thank you, and they responded and said, hey, I wanted you to find the right seat this morning because I want to remove all distractions so you can worship with sincerity and heart, just fall in love with Jesus today. That's some of the motive that should be behind our serving, wherever we serve. Because we all carry the same purpose as we come together. But it's easy for us to get competitive, (laughs) to get fleshly uh, focused that, hey, I want this to be about me. When God says, no, I want you to come and serve with your heart to help people. If you're a host who's serving in the foyer... If you're helping people in, find the location and find answers as they come in, it's because you want to make it easy for them. If you're an usher who's serving, you're saying, yeah, I want you to find the right seat that you're going to feel comfortable, safe, that you're going to be able to prepare yourself for worship and to receive the word today. For those who are serving at the Resource Center, they're saying, yeah, I want to answer people's questions. Because if they have questions about God, if they have questions that will help disciple their kids, I want to be able to answer those for them. That's a different motive than the motive of competition or being seen by man. We are Koinonia, and we are a family together. We're to be about God's purposes, his heart. And we see how Jesus was truly about the Father's will and purpose And I want to read to you from John chapter 10 this morning. John chapter 10, and I'm going to start at verse 10 and just give you a couple verses here as I talk about Jesus serving and how do we get our serve back in line with God's heart this morning. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. But I have come that they may have life and have it to all its fullness. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand, on the other hand, is not the shepherd, and the sheep are not his own. When he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf pounces on them and scatters the flock. The man runs away because he is a hired servant and unconcerned for the sheep. Jesus knew that God had sent him to bring life to people, to bring life to you and I. Jesus also knew that the the enemy had come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so with that in Jesus' awareness, he was alert to it, and he said, no, I want to bring life. And so actually, I'm going to lay down my life so that you can have life. Jesus came as the Son of God. Jesus came as the Savior of the world, as the Lord of all creation. Because you know he came in this way, you can know that he is not a hired hand. Jesus is not a hired servant. He is not going to abandon the flock. He's not going to abandon us and run away. A few short chapters after this, chapter 13, Jesus then says to his disciples, now follow me, follow my example. As I've done for you, I want you to do likewise. And so church, what I see in that is we're not only to walk alongside each other as sheep, but we're also to shepherd and to mentor and disciple one another. We're to have each other's back. We're to walk with one another. I just When I said that, what came to my mind was a brother I hugged earlier this week. And he said, I'm, 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 what was his adjective? Hmm. The part I remember him saying was, I'll say it this way, it's a pleasure to lock shields with you. To watch each other's backs. To stand together. To serve one another together. And as I think about this, that's what family does together. We don't abandon each other because like, oh, I'm afraid of trouble. No, we know a God who's greater than the troubles we will face. We know a God who's greater than the enemy who will come to try and steal, kill, and destroy. So that's why we say, Jesus, we will follow your example. We will gather together and be the church to serve your purposes and your plan to bring life to those who we do life with. But do you know what it will make to keep fueling you and passioning you each day to be a servant for Jesus? Do you know where your eternal source of life comes from? Because if you don't, you could easily grow into one of those attitudes I expressed earlier of doing it for religious reasons or doing it because a, a spiritual leader seems like expects it of you. You're doing it for the wrong If you don't know the source of life in you, that you can fall into the wrong mode and pattern. What I want to bring our focus to this morning is where the source of life comes from. Hashtag communion. (laughs) Hashtag Jesus. (laughs) Hashtag life giver. Eternal life source. The one who came to give us life for all eternity through salvation but came to give us life to the full here and now. Are you experiencing life to the full yet? Yes. Ushers who are participating in communion, yeah, if you'd step back now. We're doing communion a little different this morning. We're gonna do it right in the midst of our word time. We're gonna take time to say, if this represents the source of life for us, then let's pause and say, oh, thank you, Father, for Jesus, your son. Because if Jesus isn't, Stirring inside of you, then you're going to serve out of the wrong motive. This morning, as we take a hold of the, the emblems, you know that the, the cracker, the wafer, represents the body of Christ. The body of Christ was broken for you. Broken so that you wouldn't have to be. The blood of Christ poured out poured out for the forgiveness of sins so that your sin, so that my sin could be forgiven and erased for all eternity. I'm going to invite the servers to come forward. Would you come forward to the very front right now? As the servers come, they're going to pass out the emblems as I read out scripture about what Jesus said, how these represent. And as you are served today, I invite you to serve one another. Let us serve each other as family, passing the body of Christ and the blood. Yes, you can go ahead and serve now. And as you receive these emblems, take them into your hands. Recognize what they represent of Jesus' body and his blood. Recognize that Jesus, in giving up his life, did it to serve you. To serve all mankind. He did it so that through his death, you could have life. As you receive these, hang on to them. And then he'll release you when to partake and eat and drink of them. But let me read out from Matthew 26. This is the occasion that Matthew recorded where Jesus brought this example of his Death and life before them. Matthew 26. The context is the disciples were gathering for the Passover meal. They had gathered for just a typical everyday meal. But while they were eating, Jesus took bread and broke it. He broke it and he he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take and eat. This is my body. Now, maybe it was bread looking a little different than this, but this represents the body of Christ this morning. The body that was broken, following after the heart and the will of God, broken by his stripes, we are healed. Because of his death, we can have life. Well, he was sitting there with his disciples. He took the cup and he gave thanks And he offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of this vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. His body his blood. Others are still being served, but if you've received, then I release you. You say a prayer. Thank your heavenly father for his son, your savior. Just right where you are in the quietness of this moment, and then you can receive these elements saying, thank you, God, for Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending your one and only son so that as we believe in him and receive him by faith, that our sins can be forgiven and we can have life for all eternity. And thank you, God, that we can have life here and now. Father, thank you for calling us to life. Thank you for bringing us alive. Thank you for the life that you are bringing to your church. And Father, our hope and prayer is that there will be many more people this year in our 36th year that will find life in Jesus through this, your church that you are building. We give you praise and we give you thanks, God. And all God's people said,